are you listening to Discovery Debrief? And uh, so did I. It's Jason Isaacs, who was, at some point, some version of Captain Lorca. Right now, I'm just a fan. gentlemen welcome back to discovery debrief a podcast setting a course to discuss the future of the final frontier in star trek discovery star trek picard strange new worlds lower decks and more i gotta add prodigy to that too there's so much coming out it's hard to keep track i'm co-host chris clown i'm joined by two members of our bold panel of star trek franchise explorers including rachel clow hello and the heart and soul of our crew, Mr. Cicero Holmes. That's uh, put me back in the damn Western. <laughs> oh man! Well, it's so it's 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 been a minute since we got together, and um, I I take full responsibility for that. So I apologize for our tardiness yet again. But we do have quite a bit to talk about. The subject of today's episode is primarily going to be uh, the majority of Star Trek Lower Deck season two. Although we're not going to call this a review, this is more just um, our impressions so far with the season. And uh, Zachy, unfortunately, couldn't join us tonight, but uh, he will be joining us for the next episode where we do actually review the season in full, where you can hear his full thoughts on that show. But no one has actually heard what Rachel has to say about Lower Decks yet, so I'm looking forward to getting into that. But before we jump into, I guess, the core discussion... Uh, Cicero, how you doing, man? Kick us off. What have you been up to? Hey, man, I, I've been great. I've been, uh, you know, watching a lot of TV. Uh, uh, my stepson and I started an Orville rewatch. Oh, okay. Um, Makes yeah, sense. He, he, he really loves the show and, and, uh, in anticipation of season three before the season three trailer dropped, right. uh, we, we started watching, uh, the Orville again and, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So it's it's a little bittersweet um, because one of the like true unsung heroes of that show was a, a character voiced by Norm Macdonald, Yafit. Yeah, and uh, you know he's he's gone. Rest in rest in peace, uh, Norm Macdonald. Man, yeah, really underrated, underrated kind of comics comic. Yeah, um, yeah, agreed. And, but yeah. I was I was at least happy to see just I guess for my own selfish reasons that. Yafit's voice work was finished before Mr. McDonald passed away. Yes. So yes. at least he will be showing up in that show in a role that he he really did help. He's got such a unique vocal quality. You know, he started out as death and family guy, and then for whatever right. reason it went to that clown Adam Carolla. But uh I always preferred Norm McDonald. And I when I when I was a kid watching SNL reruns, man. He was weekend update to me. They showed yeah. so many of those that I, I I kind of like adopted Norm Macdonald as my primary weekend update inspiration, even though he had been off the show for several years by the time I saw his, <laughs> his episode. And then I always really liked Dirty Work. I thought Dirty Work yeah, was a really yeah, funny yeah. Him movie. And, him and Dave Chappelle. 
Him and Dave Chappelle, great movie. Well, no, the, uh, Dirty Work was uh, was Artie Lang. Was Dave Chappelle oh, in Dirty Work? Yeah, Dave Chappelle was in it. Dave Chappelle was the black dude in that movie. Oh, wow. I, huh. I, I, it's been a long time <laughs> since I've seen it. I'm sure that he would stick out now. But, uh, I mean, that's a, it's just a, it was a funny movie. And uh, I was just got enamored with his dry wit. And it was so biting, which I always appreciated. Right. So... But yeah, very well said. What what else you been up to, man? Besides a Orville rewatch? Uh, yeah, just you know, I actually I've been you know in a doing a lot of TV. I'm I'm also on IMDb right now, looking through the uh, looking through the uh, Dirty Work uh, cast list, and I don't see Dave Chappelle. Maybe I've got that. Maybe I've got it wrong. I'm not sure. Um, they did they did the- another movie together, I think. But I, 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 oh, okay, maybe that's what it was. Neither here nor there. I yeah, mean, neither here nor there. Dirty work. Dirty work was the one where he inherits the money. It's he and Artie Lang. They grew up together, and uh, Artie Lang's character's father uh, needs a heart transplant, and they're trying to find a quick way to make fifty thousand dollars so that the doctor that can oh, give the heart oh, transplant yes. can pay off I his do. bookie. Oh, right. I remember. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that movie. And uh, that, there was a different movie. Yeah. And I was thinking Christopher McDonald's Shooter McGavin played the bad guy in right. work. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just a who's who of '90s comedy, you know. But. Uh, but yeah, this, yeah. This has been dirty work debrief. Right, <laughs> dirty work. Movie I have never seen and have no opinions on. Rachel, how's um, that sound? Right, that sounds not like my cup of tea, Chris. <laughs> Chevy Chase played the doctor that right. needed to pay oh, off his man. Oh yeah. man, yeah. So, Jeez, yeah. There you go. Quite. But but uh, yeah, nonetheless, uh, yeah. Watching watching a lot of. Uh, different uh sci-fi tv you know getting caught up on a lot of different uh tv stuff doing a bunch of video game stuff doing a bunch of podcasts and stuff Mm -hmm. living life working you know surviving not catching covid yes staying in my house and staying masked when i when i'm outside of my house yes even though i'm vaccinated but Mm -hmm. uh but uh outside of that man you know i'm here i'm breathing and I'm happy to be back amongst friends, which is the most important part for me. Absolutely. And uh, we're happy that you're around and breathing, too, because the world's a better place with you in it. Oh, man. Thank you. Uh, Rachel, you haven't spoken to the debrief audience, all five of them, in a very long time. <laughs> yeah. So what uh, what you been up to? I've been sciencing yeah. real hard. Yeah, professionally. Right. Professionally sizing. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, I suppose so. Uh yeah, and um parenting a toddler. Mm-hmm. And that takes up most of my time. She toddles. Yeah, it does. She, yeah. Um she toddles, she yells. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Does she say no yet? How proficient is she in no? She she shakes her head. Yeah, she doesn't yell oh, no or say oh, no, yeah. but she shakes her head vigorously. You are you are six months away from maybe no not. proficiency. <laughs> maybe not six months. Maybe closer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and. I don't know. I watched a lot of Love Island this summer. You did. Oh. You watched. Uh, you watched the hell out of Love yeah, Island. Yeah, I know. And I have oh, many have theories. Done that 
many theories about the differences between the America and the UK based on mm. Love Island. Yeah, she watched both, folks. Well, I didn't watch all of the US version because it was bad. It was <laughs> That was one of the worst seasons of any reality show I've ever seen. Nevertheless. Wow. I mean, it just like imploded like halfway through and I stopped watching. But I think that still <laughs> qualifies you as a Love Island super fan, though, because you you did watch both. Well, versions. there's also an Australia version I've never seen. Well, it's just a oh, whole probably other a lot of cursing <laughs> in the Australian I've version. Heard cursing I've in heard the, UK the Australia one. version is pretty good. And you know what's interesting, though, is on the... Uh, Love Island UK Reddit. They talk about how they think the US one has a lot of cursing. That's interesting. Like because I guess in the US one, like people say the word bitch, which I guess in the UK they think that's like really, really rude. Right, to, like, that's call vulgar. someone a bitch. But, but they say the c word like it's going out of style. Right. They didn't really say it on. But, oh, I but guess in, the, those would be the Australians. The Australians. Oh my gosh. Oh. Oh. In yeah. general media too like it's it's there there are some uh some differences in what is considered uh the varying levels of polite language well yeah i just the the uk like people from the uk who watch u.s love island talk about how people are too direct like they feel like like on in the u.s we're like really direct and really willing to say mean things and i I mean, I, I don't know. Like I, it, it's hard for me because to me, like the U S one people are being normal. So it's like, <laughs> well, or like some version Brits, of normal. Brits are more about sarcasm. I guess. Yeah. Then they are about actually coming out and being direct about something like they will use, they will use witty repartee or biting sarcasm for, for some type of insult. But they will not like if you ask them a direct question and the their answer has to be no, they won't answer in a direct negative. There they will do their best to suggest that maybe you try something else. I suppose so. Yeah, that's that seems complicated. Yeah, I it, mean it's it, all it, it is, but that's how they operate, so it's easy for them. Mm. It's all a moot point because on the Love Island U.S., no one got mad at anyone it, because nothing <laughs> oh. happened because it was like the worst, like oh. most nothing reality that you've ever seen, and it was very sad. Um, you also watched <laughs> The Circle. Oh yeah, oh, nice. I like The Circle. That yeah, I didn't haven't watched one. season two it's yet. Feel good. I haven't watched season two yet. There's three seasons of it now. Is there? Um, oh crap! You got a lot of circling to do. I got a lot of circling to do, <laughs> and I, watched... I was big brothering this week, this oh, summer. That's yeah. what I do. I, you know, I big it's funny. That's so, Star Trek adjacency. We checked in just briefly to see what those live streams were like, yeah. and holy hell, did I feel dirty even checking into those for like thirty seconds? Really? It's so weird. I just <laughs> you oh, because you're yeah, because you're 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 straight up. Yeah, yeah, you're a straight up voyeur. <laughs> Right. Like, like it's, it is, it is, there is like no, there is no line. There's like no delineation between like who you want to be and who you actually are at that point. Right. You are watching it's, you know, to, to bring it back to Star Trek, it's one of those classic episodes 
where you know where the away team winds up in one of those zoos yeah right sure that's what that's what big brother is yeah you know and and we just happen to be the advanced civilization (laughs) watching them like look i get it it's just it's it's strange and i don't understand how it works logistically if you're always having a live stream then how do the producers like chop up episodes if if people can see live what's actually happening i assume that whatever is happening now would be an episode in like two or three weeks unless no, they just turn them be, around. No, they're there. I mean, there are no, three episodes. Of, there are three episodes yeah. a week. Oh. So they turn those around very, very quickly. Oh, okay. Love um, Island. They and, do within 24 hours. Right. Jeez. So like they're able to edit, you know? So, I mean, the thing is there are live streams that are up, but uh, those aren't produced. Mm-hmm. They're long form. Um, there are all these breaks in between things that are actually happening and the producers decide that nobody can see that stuff. And on, on top of that, like not everybody's watching the live streams the entire time. Yeah. So they, you know, they take the, the meat and they, you know, they put together like 30 minutes of live stream stuff, plus whatever the, the, uh, task or, uh, you know, whatever the competition is for that particular episode. And they throw that in there with some music and some flash and, and pizzazz. Mm-hmm. And there you go. There you got, you got 43 <laughs> minutes of TV. Well, I, I, I guess so. Flash and pizzazz. It must, it's it's got to be in there. It must be working for him. <laughs> well, anything else you want to share about what you've been up to Rachel? No, it's not exciting. All right. Well, <laughs> fair, fair enough. Uh, on, on my end, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I live with Rachel, so it can't be abundantly different. Although, uh, you know, I've been, I've been, uh, doing more with my comic book collection. I'm getting yes, ready to replace all the boxes. So that's fun. Uh, it's, right. it's, it's the super boring side of being a comic book fan that I love just like, uh, Oh, I did not put this in the correct spot. I better put this in a bag and a board and what? make sure that just slotted. I, I, I like, I mean, I what I, pedantic pedantic work. <laughs> you're truly like, so at peace while he's puttering around in his comics. Yeah. And I'm sure that it's very like directed and like you have a purpose, but it really from the outside, it looks like you're just sort of like puttering about in your comics, <laughs> just sort of moving them around. And well, like, it, moving all of them into different boxes is going to be quite an undertaking because I've got upwards of 8,000 issues. I think so. Oh my god! I've got to. Uh, you guys live in an apartment? Yeah, yeah. The baby's <laughs> closet right now is comic book closet. So oh. that's uh, she doesn't have her clothes are small. So yeah, so right, right. she doesn't need that much space. But um, also recently, I have been looking forward to this past Friday for a very long time because that was the day that little video game named Metroid Dread was released mm. for the Nintendo Switch and uh, yes. wanted me a new Metroid for a very, very long time. And I finally got it. And it's just absolutely joyful. You have a Switch and you're at least halfway interested in the genre that the game provided its name to. Uh, give it a shot. It's yeah. it's a very good game so far. I'm not very far into it, but I'm just having a blast with it, and right. uh, uh-huh. cannot recommend it enough. So uh, 
that's been what's up with us. I think uh, so. So we have. There's been so much franchise news in Star Trek yeah. lately that it's going to be a little too much for us to parse it all out briefly before our core discussion. Um, but we did want to kind of check in and talk about the recently dropped trailer for season four of our namesake show of Star Trek Discovery. Um, but other major things that happened, you know, there was an entire Star Trek day that was devoted to the uh, the 55th anniversary of the franchise, which in one respect was cool to watch. And in another respect was just kind of deeply frustrating because it didn't seem like they dropped enough new stuff. Um, and like there were some strange absences from, from the broadcast, but it was nice. You know, if you're a Star Trek fan, it's always going to be nice to hear a live orchestra play the themes and for people who were involved in all of the shows to talk. Sirik Lofton's discussion or his brief little monologue about being involved with DS9 <laughs> was probably the best of those. Um, but in general, you know, Star Trek Day was fine. Uh, it was announced this week that we're recording this right now on Tuesday, October 12th, that Star Trek Strange New World Season 1 has wrapped filming. Uh, still no word on an air date for for that new show, but uh, we got our ver- first look at it at Star Trek Day, and it revealed some very surprising additions to the cast, not the least of which being classic TOS characters like Nurse Chapel and Cadet Neota Uhura, Yes, which made my big ass cry. I never thought we'd see Prime Uhura again, and the fact that She's still got some, obviously it's not Nichelle Nichols, but just the character herself uh, occupies such a place in my heart that the idea that we can see some new adventures with her was very moving to me in a way that I wasn't expecting it to be. So, uh, so that was excellent news, but uh, let's move on a little bit because I know that I don't know exactly what he's going to say, but Cicero (laughs) did indicate to me that he has a little bit of, a uh, little bit of th- something to say in regards to the season four discovery trailer. So let's talk about that. So this is a, this is the first season really. I mean, I guess technically the third season they were totally cut off, but the adjustment period is over. Now the crew of discovery has a home in an entirely new century that's far removed from anything else that we've seen in the franchise. They have effectively totally left the 23rd century behind. And in the fourth season trailer, it looks like there is a new threat that the crew of discovery is going to have to encounter. Uh, There are still a lot of the complex relationships between former Federation worlds and the existing regime and, and Navarre, the world of the, the Vulcans and the remains of the Romulans uh, but we also got to see some new glimpses at species that we have seen before, including a cast member and a character who appears to have lineage that is human, Cardassian, and Bajoran all at once. Uh, so a lot has happened since the Dominion War. Uh, but one character in particular seemed to stick out from the trailer. And I, to my, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think he has been named. But it was a, a Federation Ferengi officer. And the Ferengi look largely the same, but there's some notable discovery differences. I don't think that it's as, quote unquote, extreme a departure as the Klingons were in the first two seasons of the show. But, uh, but they definitely have taken some artistic liberties now that Discovery has 
access to better makeup technology. So Cicero, you said you have strong feelings about this Ferengi officer and I'm dying to know what they are. So, yeah, I, you know, my feelings are, um, my strong feelings about the Ferengi officer are, oh, great. There's a Ferengi there. My, my stronger feelings are about the outrage. Mm. Um, and, and, uh, first of all, Cicero, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Rachel just asked that she said there's outrage. Could you explain to her what you have seen? Sure. Well, well, Rachel, this may come as a shock to you, (laughs) right? But, um, but, uh, these guys Mm -hmm. took a, a character type that was beloved and had been around for years, um, for at, at for at the very least thirty years, and um, now they have access to better makeup and what have you, and they've changed it slightly oh, so that it oh, looks more natural. Yeah. And oh, and wow. people people seem to have a problem with the fact that um, these Ferengi don't look like Quark. But um, I actually, when I saw it, I thought that it was one of it was pretty similar especially compared to the other uh other alien races that we've seen in discovery that they, they change relatively little but right i i would not disagree um and 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 like chris mentioned before the departure was less was much less radical than than the cosmetic departure for the klingons um, and my easy, my very, very easy argument to, uh, to all of the, all of the pitchfork and, and torch folks out there for, that are, that are raining down, uh, justified hate for, for, you know, Ferengi changing, um, it's how, what are we 1200 years in the future, a thousand, 800 years in the future? Yeah, thereabouts. Right. All right, so we're we're you know these these are Star Trek fans, right? So um, it's not a a reach to say there's been evolution, right? Like, yeah, you know, well, I, I'm a biologist. So that, that's pretty fast for evolution, right? But well, is it is it is it fast for evolution in terms of like, uh, like because because to me it doesn't like the the free doesn't look dramatically different right i think that there are there are subtle differences but i think that those subtle differences could definitely be be attributed to some evolutionary change i mean you could also just say that like we haven't really seen if you want to if you want headcanon i can give you headcanon that we did we've only seen like what five or six ferengi characters total maybe maybe, yeah maybe maybe 20 yeah uh maybe 20 maybe we haven't seen the full diversity of all of the ferengi that exist there you go i mean if you saw only 20 humans and they were all white you know caucasian of european ancestry you would not you would be missing an extraordinary amount of right. uh, of what humans look like, right? Imagine, so, yeah, imagine, yeah. imagine the the world where uh, someone is is rebooting uh, Flark Trek, and, <laughs> and and they've and they've found some alien humans, and then all of a sudden they cast a black dude. 
right? Like, yeah, <laughs> the, the alien alien Twitter would be going crazy. What is this? <laughs> they changed the law. They changed it. <laughs> yeah. So if you want a headcanon, there it is. Like that's there you a, go. There a you different go. looking Ferengi. Right. There you go. And and I like that. And you know, and I, like it's so I kind of hold and and it's 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 folly for me to do so, but I do it anyway because you know, I, I, like the older I get, the the more I turn around and start screaming into the wind. Like I can't help it. Um, it's gonna happen to you too. There, um, Cicero, though, but, there is a fundamental difference between what you're complaining about and what I would argue is the majority source of these very vocal complaints, which in a lot of cases seem to be older Star Trek fans right. who are so enamored and just solidly behind the original visions of the shows that anything new is totally unacceptable. And you aren't doing that. Right. Well, well, you know, but the, but that's the thing, right? Like uh, the original visions of the show were, were not the original visions of the show. The original vision, the, the original versions of the characters that you got was the best they could afford at the time. Right. Right. Those weren't the visions. And, you know, I mean, think about it this way. The special editions were Lucas's visions. Right. Of, <laughs> of the original trilogy. Right. Like, you know, it, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be great, but that was his vision. And he got to fulfill his vision. Uh, and that's what we, you know, and that's what we're stuck with for the rest of rest of history. Um, but like what my thing is in terms of like being an old man's kind of screaming into the wind is I hold Star Trek fans to my own to my own detriment to a higher standard because of the content we consume. Absolutely. Right. Like, so I would expect that we wouldn't get hung up on the fact that the Ferengi look different because as Rachel said, right? Like there are, there are the percentage of people that are like true, true scientists like Rachel that are also Star Trek fans is very, very high, mm -hmm. right? That Venn diagram is very, very high. Yeah. And so amongst that group, they can easily explain like Rachel did, that we haven't seen enough biodiversity in Ferengi over the course of our time knowing that knowing that species to know exactly what all Ferengi look like. Done and done. Why complain? Sure. Right? And 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 you know, the real reason is hey, we've got better makeup. We can make them look better. Right? They can make them look more realistic. Um, and and make them look less like humans in makeup. And you know what is that Quirk does not look like a season one TNG Ferengi. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely not. Like, they changed the Ferengi right. from show to show. Right. They changed yes. other... other. Yeah, yeah how, like about, how about the trill? Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> the spots have appeared and the... Right. The yeah. ridge is gone. Yeah, you, you right. didn't hear people when Z when Jadzia showed up on the first episode of DS Nine. Where's her forehead bumps? Right. I'm sure right. there was someone saying, well, well, like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah." You did you didn't hear it because there was no there was no Twitter. Um, yeah, fair and, you know, and that's yeah. you know what, and 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 to be to be fair, to be fair, 
part of the reason that we're watching Star Trek today and uh, TNG didn't get canceled after the first season is because there's no Twitter. There was no Twitter then. If if there was Twitter back in, in 1989, Star Trek fanboys would have gotten TNG canceled and we'd have no Star Trek going forward. See, I wonder though, just because it seems like the anti-current Trek fervor is so inflamed at the moment, but very much like other kinds of inflamed social media movements outside of like maybe one or two associated with media that I can think of. There's not been any slowdown in Star Trek from this regime, right? There, there seems to be very little effect from those more militant segments of fandom on Star Trek because the response isn't Alex Kurtzman fired. The response is, Five new shows developed by Alex Kurtzman. Right. Well, that's, yeah. So, but that's the, that's the thing is like, there is so much now because Paramount is trying their best to turn, you know, their streaming service into the Star Trek vehicle, the same way that Disney plus is the Marvel star Wars vehicle. Um, that that the you know the hate boys the not my trek crowd doesn't have enough time to muster up strength to not my trek the new show because but by the time they get ready to create the hashtag another new show is premiered or at <laughs> well, least you know announced it seems like the not my trek folk are being uh uncustomarily silent when it comes to criticizing the uh, the incoming strange new worlds yeah, you know well, because they haven't seen it yet. They're, they're, I'm sure that's part of it, but they wanted that show too. Like, oh yeah, sure. They're, they're, it was the it's the one instance where it feels like old and new is unified in a desire for something. And but and, I mean, still that being said, when the show is out, yeah, those people are still probably going to find something to whine about. Right, and and I, you know what? I I, I think um, if I can predict a little bit. I think that we're going to get a little bit of that from Discovery season four as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is almost like, and I kind of said that about last uh, about season three, but uh, season three to me was kind of like a season zero, and I think that season four of Discovery is actually season one of what this show is. Sure. Right. The it preliminaries is, are out of the way. Right. The preliminaries are out of the way. They have built a new world. They have established themselves in this new world. And now we can go and have the further adventures of, you know, the ongoing adventures of uh, Burnham and her and her crew on the Discovery in this in in this uh, strange new galaxy with with strange new worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because of that, I think that we'll have the opportunity to have those, uh, it won't be completely serialized or it won't be completely procedural, but it, but it, but it will have procedural elements to it where we'll have like the alien of the week or, or, you know, the, the crisis of the day. Um, I think there is, it's, there's plenty of opportunity for that. And I think um, those people that have been clamoring for that, I can just jump in into an episode of Star Trek 
will be able to get it from Strange New Worlds and and from Discovery, I think, going forward. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, what's old is new again. The episodic right. format is not something that has been common in television for a long time. And uh, look, and, and I think I told everyone on the panel when season two of Discovery ended, I was rather displeased about the idea that we were getting so far away from the 23rd century. I liked mm-hmm. the idea of filling out the 23rd century more. And now, you know, everybody who wanted the all new Trek and everybody who wanted the 23rd century, which might've just been me, I don't know, but sounds like it wasn't. Everybody is catered to. Yeah. Every, I mean, I was going to watch discovery regardless uh, because I think that it is a, a good show with, with some shortcomings, but the fact that strange new worlds is coming and the fact that we've got a 23rd century show that also takes place aboard the enterprise, that's a win as far as I'm concerned. Right. So Rachel, any final thoughts on the Ferengi? No, I mean, I don't care what people are saying on Twitter. <laughs> See, the, the thing is like, it doesn't affect you at all. If you just don't look at it. True. Sure. So, well, did you like the trailer? Sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it was, uh, you know, one of those trailers where I don't really know what this show is going to be about. Although I'm right. sort of gathering it's some sort of COVID analogy. Which is, I mean, you would expect that from Star Trek, right? Yeah. I mean, Um, I think that that's apt. Yeah. So COVID analogy, Michael Burnham's going to give a lot of monologues. She's a captain now. She she has the- More appropriate for her to give monologues. She has the floor. I'll tell you what. And she she earned it. And, you know, I I wasn't as, um, again, I don't, I just- don't think I generally get as angry as some of these other people too. I wasn't crazy about the uniforms at the end of season three, but I was happy to see the colors inverted. I was happy to see that they're very vibrant, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's all I got to say about the, like the uniforms colors. look good. I like colors. I like colors. <laughs> but uh, let's move on to our core discussion uh, of just kind of our overall impressions thus far, right before the finale hits of Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2. So the last time we got together to record the show, Cicero and I ran solo, um, and we discussed just the first two episodes of Season 2 of Lower Decks. Uh, We've gotten seven additional episodes since then. Uh, but Rachel, you have not shared your thoughts with our audience about Lower Decks as a show and as an entry in the franchise. What do you think of Lower Decks now that we're so deep into its second season? Uh, Lower Decks is easily my favorite of the new Star Treks that they've produced <laughs> in the last few years. Now, um, does that include the Kelvin movies or are you just talking the, like the Paramount Plus stuff? Yeah, just the Paramount Plus stuff for now. I have to think about that more. Okay, all right. But, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, of the Paramount Plus stuff, the um Since Discovery. Yeah, it's it's my favorite. I mean, I rewatched a lot of the first season episodes. They're just a delight. Mm-hmm. That's all I could say. And I love the Easter eggs for like Trek stuff. That's in all of them. It's, it's just, it's so great and just so much rewatchability because you can go back and like find little references that they put in. Um, and yeah, I just, um, 
really look forward to watching it every week, which honestly, like, there's not a lot of stuff I like to watch anymore. So, like, <laughs> you thought you were grumpy, Cicero. Listen, listen to this one. It's, I don't know, it's just really sad. Like, I just try to watch stuff and I tried to watch American Horror Story, which I used to like, and I was just like, I don't. I can't. I don't. What? No. <laughs> you know, like, and so. Maybe Blue's Clues has just uh, lowered your tolerance for, for horror and, and killing and murder. And I don't know. Yeah. I, there's a lot of things at play. Um, but <laughs> anyway, I love, you know, I look forward to watching it. It's great. It's funny. I think it's, you know, by Trek fans for trek fans in a lot of ways um and yeah i just uh, it's it's great who's your favorite character um i like tendy yeah sure uh and um i i like all of the characters in their ways Mm. but uh yeah i like i like tendy she's she's interesting and um i like badgie (laughs) <laughs> she, she got a badgy shirt it yeah. says nice. can i teach you a lesson <laughs> yeah i like badgy and um i like excretus of board <laughs> <laughs> see i love shacks oh yeah, yeah. shacks yeah. resurrection was one yes. of my favorite parts of this year like i was bummed when he died and thank yeah thank- <laughs> he just appears with no explanation yeah and every time they broach the topic it's just they allude to such unimaginable horror yeah. it's like, senior officers are always coming back from the dead <laughs> um in terms of comparing the seasons do you think this one is hitting a little harder than the last one or how do you appraise those um, I, I, I don't know. I think I like this season better, but again, I have to watch it again, but I think that they're like, um, taking a little bit more risks. I think like last week's episode in particular, where they had all the different lower decks, decks yeah. and stuff was really. Wedge dudge. Is that yeah. how it was pronounced? Wedge dudge. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> we looked it up. Yeah, I'm not up to snuff on my Klingon pronunciation. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's yeah. I think they're just they're really going for it. Um, I guess I saw like a minor criticism that it was like too raunchy with the oh with the simulation the simulation, but also oh, come on. the um the 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 creatures. The, that were having sex, uh, like they the like they look like abominable snowmen. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't care. Um, my just... kid is way too young to be watching this. So right, yeah. And there's so little <laughs> raunch in Star Trek anyway. I feel like the tolerance should be pretty high. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a it's a show for adults. So yeah, yeah. it's a show for it's a show for us. Basically, yeah. it's a show for right. people who like grew up in the Berman era. And yeah, are... I know. I'm shocked that I love this show that is made for people who fit my exact description. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also like the there's the heartwarming stuff, too. Right. Like when they couldn't yeah. get into the party. 
So uh, yeah. Mariner and Boimler went to that bar and whose names did they see carved into it? It's like, yeah. oh, if they got kicked out of the party, maybe we're not so bad after all, you know? Yeah. I like stuff like that. But it's got – it. the thing that I was worried about before the show started, as I've told both of you guys, is just I didn't know if it was going to have heart or if it was going to make fun of the show. Cicero, you and I have talked about this a lot. And right. uh, it feels truthful. And laughs on top of that is just a bonus. So Cicero, in terms of the second season so far, um, what moments have stood out to you the most? What would you say are your favorite instances? Uh, Not necessarily episodes, but just favorite moments for the season. I love that we have a Tamarian in the crew. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, Because you you wind up getting these Tamarianisms and those are the they're the best they're the best <laughs> right and and so i've got a i've got a little mea culpa i've got i've got something that i've got to get off my chest i have to to kind of confess not only to you guys but uh to the to the to everyone that's hearing my voice right now and that's um i was expecting not to like season 2 oh of of lower decks um and, and in fact I went into like the first four or five episodes of Lower Decks expecting that episode to be the one where they jumped the shark, right? Where it was where I, I got to say, okay, we get it. You like Star Trek, you know, you're trying to make jokes, but like, you know, like how much, how much blood can you get from this stone? Right. And what, what I realize now is that it's not a stone. It's an onion or an artichoke. <laughs> um, every time you peel away a layer, it, there just always seems to be more there than, than what, you know, what you led to believe, um, what you were led to believe beforehand. Uh, it, it is like, like Rachel said, hashtag Rachel was right. <laughs> it's delightful. It's delightful. Um, and, and you know what? Like, I, I keep trying to figure out if this is a show that like if I had a friend who loved adult animation, you know, they were, they were fans of Family Guy or Rick and Morty or any of the adult, you know, kind of adult animation, American animation shows that are out right now, but we're not Star Trek fans. Would they like the show? Can they can they get enjoyment out of the show? And the answer really is yes, mm-hmm. right? Or at least I want to believe that the answer is yes because there are things that I'm like there are things that happen that are funny things that happen that have nothing to do with Star Trek. Yeah, and 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 you know and like that's that's the thing that makes the show great is like it's not just. I, I think in our previous episode, I said that this show was like uh, a comedian that showed up at a Star Trek convention and 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 totally killed it. Like he just he just murdered the room, um, and and in lots of ways, that's what this show is. It like it hits all of like you just don't see them coming but all of the nerdy star trek jokes are there and they just keep slapping you in the face with them and you and you laugh at the references because you get them and you understand them and they you know and they're genuinely funny but they also have genuinely funny things that happen and enough 
genuinely funny things that happen that people who don't understand any of that can follow along and enjoy that it makes the show like it becomes a show that uh, I, I said this last year, but but I really do believe it. It can become the gateway drug into Trekdom for for non trekkers for for people that don't uh, classically did not enjoy Star Trek. Absolutely. Well, uh, even just hearing you say that, the thing that immediately comes to my mind, I mean, we've talked about the Orville a lot on this show. Right. Lower Deck seems to be following a similar kind of pattern, but Absolutely. in in a potentially more truthful way. And I don't nece- I don't mean truthfulness to Star Trek because obviously an official Star Trek show compared to a non-official Star Trek show, uh there there's a degree of separation there, but I feel like the the humor in the first season was more overt, whereas the humor in the second season extends from the situations that the characters are put in and the situations that those characters are put in are just very Star Trek. So weirdly enough, while the second season is also, I think, funnier than the first one, it also feels like a more truthful extension of the franchise in traditional canon explorations right like you're getting Mm -hmm. you're getting all of these easter eggs which are fun for us and they're sources of humor for uh for people who have absorbed the franchise for a really long time but you're also getting these stories of how the camaraderie works between members of the crew what the ideals of the federation are and how the crew tries to take those forward and also itic you know infinite diversity and infinite combinations a core tenant of uh, of Star Trek philosophy, if you want to call it that, most visibly explored in the most recent episode of the third season. Uh, Wedge by the way, means three ships, and that's what most of that episode took place on. You got to see a Federation ship, obviously, the Cerritos. You got to see a Vulcan ship and a Klingon ship. You also got to see Pac-Led, Clump ship, Pac-Led, but that wasn't really as much of a of a problem and then at the very end you saw the lower decks of a board cube and that i think is a perfect example of humor that is it's not like they were turning Borg drones into bros who laugh on the lower decks no the joke was the lower decks of a board cube are silent and boring and right. it's funny you know it's, right. it's, it's, it's funny right. that reminds me weirdly enough one time when I went to Star Trek The Experience in Las Vegas, there was a line backed up um, into one of the rides. And uh, one of the cool things about the experience was that you got to talk to quote unquote aliens. You know, they had performers dressed as various species from the franchise. And Commander Chirac, who was a Klingon, went to the front and he just started telling jokes. And one of the jokes he told was, how many Borg does it take to change a light bulb? All of them. that's the kind of humor that the show is going for you know if you know star trek you get it and also oh no canon violations to be found you know yeah it's impressive to me how the writer's room on this show toes the line so much in terms of sticking to the rules that have been established but are finding enough wiggle room to make jokes about the fact that wiggle room exists and that people can just people can poke fun without poking fun at how absurd some of the scenarios of the franchise are 
So yes, lower decks in season two just seems to have graduated to a whole other level in, in my estimation of truthfulness to the core. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think part of it is so like the, the first season is kind of the proving ground, right? The first season it's trying to show that it deserves a space on your mantle. Um, you know, and, and, you know, your mantle of fandom. And once you gave it the edge, the corner edge of, of your fandom shelf, season two was the one that came in and was like, oh no, we're going to move closer in off the edge. And we're going to, you know, we're going to earn that space. And, and every episode, at least for me, every episode, I was expecting to take it off the shelf. And I just kept, I kept picking it up off the shelf, but I kept moving it closer and closer to the middle um, because they keep doing, they keep doing the thing that they do well. And now it's its own show where part of what it does is it's self-referential. The one, my one complaint about the show, and it's, it's the most minor one, right? Like it's, it's, hand wavy because it's necessary is just how much information the lower, these ensigns have about intimate details that have occurred in recent history, Mm. right? Like they know things about, you know, what Picard has done and like lots of all this stuff is, it seems like common knowledge, like, you know, uh, uh, how much like it's common knowledge that Riker plays the trumpet and the trombone, um, yeah. you know, the, the right? Like it's, it's uh, like that is, well, he makes a bunch of jazz jokes on the bridge, man. I mean, well, he does make a bunch of jazz jokes on the bridge on the, on the Titan, but there are people on the Cerritos that are talking to Boimler about how much, um, you know, Riker plays the trombone. So like, those are things that, that again, if, if there was a critique that I had to make, that would be my critique. And I think of critiques to make, that is the most minor, um, and most pedantic <laughs> that I could possibly get about, you know, with, with a critique, because it is, it's necessary as a vehicle for the comedy. Sure. I will also right? like counter, that counter that a yes. little bit okay. coming from academia where there's a yes. you know a hierarchy there's a professors and there's the rest of us who all work for the professors and <laughs> right. the amount of information that gets shared about the professors personal lives is uh, a large <laughs> because you're just like hey you know uh, this guy over here I, I heard they were a truck driver before they yeah, yeah so yeah. Yeah. Um, mother truckers yeah like you just you you do gossip about your uh, superior officers a right. lot <laughs> well and this is also a kind of show just in terms of its core connective tissue to the rest of the franchise that you know since it is animated and since it is primarily going for comedy i don't think that people necessarily bat much of an eye at the fact that we're getting as many cameos as we're getting from it you know sure. like uh obviously captain Riker started off the the season because of how the season the first season ended which 
was right. still awesome and it was still great. Amazing. And I hope that we haven't seen the last of him. But also, you know, Tom Paris showed up both right. as himself and as a hallucination on a collector's plate, which was great. <laughs> the excretus episode of the simulation, that was actually Alice Krieg, who was voicing the Borg Queen. Wow. And that was awesome. She's oh, your skin isn't very good. You need to drink more water. <laughs> and it's like a Borg, a Borg queen is lecturing Boimler about right. skincare, <laughs> which <laughs> still funny, still funny. Um, and then you know, there's there's more to come. I, I I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. Uh, I told Rachel already, but so sorry, Rachel. But there is uh, I'm used to it. A more minor character. <laughs> that appeared in an early TNG episode, who's going to be showing up in the season finale, which, oh, wow. which is cool. Um, and it just kind of shows that broad based uh, in depth perspective that this show brings to the franchise. And I love that stuff. You know, there's, there's just so much to, to love here and I can't fathom. Uh, even, uh, well, that's not true. I can fathom why people take issue with this. If they feel like Star Trek needs to be just one thing. But right. for for those of us who are at least okay with the idea of the franchise exploring new territory, new genre territory like this, uh, I'm not sure if you could get much better. No. I again, you know, my my biggest concern still is how are they gonna like how long can they find the funny? So your your guard is still up, basically. It, it, because it can't be this good for, you know, like, like they, you know, like they can't, I I mean, I could, they could, right. Like these characters are now, you know, they're, they're fleshed out enough that we can follow their stories and the stories of this crew um, of, you know, the Cerritos is a ship now. And um, so there can be episodes about that, but like, how do they keep finding ways to add more inside jokes? Like they can't get in any further inside baseball. And that's, that's what I'm like. That's part of the charm of the show is like being able to watch it and find the Easter eggs. Well, that's a, that's um, a part of it too, man, is that, you know, this franchise just celebrated its 55th year. Right. And I mean, this season brought out references to the animated series, which certainly right. doesn't happen very often. Uh, I still think there's tons of material you can mine from TOS for comedy that has not been touched yet. Um, there's th- honestly, it just it feels to me like you know what's the limit? Well, maybe if it went on for another five decades, they they might exhaust material. But there's so much material that is out there for this series to, I mean, to both lampoon and to also extend um, ideally both at the same time, since the show has demonstrated that it's good at that, uh, that, you know, the runway could be pretty far into the future, especially considering this is a half hour show and we only get 10 episodes a season. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's hope you're right, and and my worries are unfounded. Well, I, I, um, because I hope it I hope it lasts as long as it possibly can. I'm certainly not going to to challenge your uh, your concerns because it, making a TV show is hard, 
and all yes. shows kind of jump the shark at some point. Yeah, anyway. at some point, yeah. absolutely. So it's just a matter of absolutely. when. I mean, well, I would argue yeah. that Star Trek never has, but <laughs> and that argument would be well. Wrong. Star Trek is <laughs> weird in that the shows seem to be bad at first and then get better a lot of times. Yes, yeah, yes, you, that is you true. You cut off a show at its knees right when it was starting to get good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that they, they did that that one time. Um, but, you know, but then but then, you know, but then you also wind up with uh, those middle seasons where you're like, wait, who? What? Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know? like, I guess like season two of Enterprise kind of strikes yeah. me that way. Who's the doctor now? <laughs> really anything pre-Dominion in DS9 can't. Well, maybe maybe even just pre-Warf can strike me that way in deep space nine. Although there were just still some solid episodes. There were some great episodes. Like the, uh, the one other potential fuel for comedy when, uh, O'Brien and Cisco beam down to that commune and, uh, the crazy person leading the commune locks Cisco in a sunbathed crate as punishment. Oh yes, that's right. That was, that was a pretty early episode of DS nine. But yeah. um, but also still a good episode. Yeah. And good character study for Cisco and for O'Brien. But yeah, that was uh they like with the holograms? Oh no, 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 that was a different episode. No, they were like Luddites, like they eschewed right. like yeah. technology. They were cut off. Yeah, right. They lost power right. on the ship. Right. They lost power on the ship and then yeah. But then you realize right. that oh, that was being prolonged because the person leading the commune didn't want it to end. And right. uh yeah, it was good. But anyway, all of that to say. <laughs> that uh you know there's a lot of there's a lot of room ahead and as long as this creative team Mike McMahon in particular remains passionate about making it and i mean i i speak from experience star trek fans have quite a lot of passion uh hopefully hopefully it's never going to stop or at least it has a, a natural life i'll say that much well Look, I I like the first eleven seasons in The Simpsons, and I think the rest of it is unwatchable. And you know, you just gotta cherish the good times and pretend yeah. like the bad seasons don't exist, and just there don't think about them. Yeah, so there Star Trek: The Next Generation started in 1990, and right. DS9 started in 95, and Voyager started in 98. And Enterprise started in 2003. <laughs> what? What's your point? <laughs> no, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. And TOS only had one season, some would say. Right, right. Uh, exactly. Right. But, and the animated series had four episodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> ah, those are fun. Those are fun. Yeah. You got to have a sense of humor about it, as yeah. these people clearly do. Yes. Well, that's good, guys. I'm glad that we all are enjoying the show, and I hope that those who don't find it in their hearts to give it another chance at some point, because uh, you know I understand the inclination. Because I I generally take the franchise pretty seriously, uh, because it's important to me. But I don't feel like I'm being talked down to at all on this show. If anything, I feel like. Uh, it's a show made by people with very similar sensibilities to, to me and my friends and yeah. finding something to laugh about without laughing at it yeah. is fun. 
and uh, you should yeah. give it a shot if you haven't already. But next time we get together, we're going to uh, talk a little more in depth about the season. Um, we, we've talked kind of more in spiritual terms about what Lower Decks means to the broader Star Trek franchise, but we'll get into it. We're going to have Zachy back to um, to discuss the entirety of uh, season two since it's going to be in the rearview mirror after this week. And then after that, you know, it's going to be full steam ahead. We're going to wait until season four of Star Trek Discovery drops next month from the time we're recording this, which is going to be here before we know it, I'm sure. Um, I wish I could give you a commitment that we're going to have regular episodes out with new episodes (laughs) of Discovery Drop. Unfortunately, you know, our our own lives are too chaotic to, to make you that promise. But what I can promise you is that all of us are very much looking forward to a new season of Discovery. We're very much looking forward to all sorts of Star Trek to come. And even if your feed doesn't have an episode from us in it as constantly, certainly as we would like, uh, we are still going to keep on going with this as, as long as everybody remains interested. And I think everybody has. So if you'll keep listening to us talk about Star Trek, we'll keep talking about Star Trek. Sound okay? Yeah. Hope that sounds okay yeah. to you. Uh, Cicero, any final thoughts before we dismiss here? Yeah, I have one final thought. Um, probably before we record our next episode, um, or at least before it um, makes it to people's ears, hopefully our good friend and uh, occasional co-host, Sharif Jackson, will have uh him and his wife will have had their first child. Ah, yes. Uh and uh I would be remiss if I did not take the time from uh Discovery Debrief from from our bridge crew uh to to say that we hope that everything went well and that we love you and that we are incredibly happy and proud of you uh for uh bringing a new life into the world uh, and, and will the world will be better for it. Absolutely. Very well said. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. We, we wish you clear horizons as there a mutual go. acquaintance once said in a movie, not many people like, but it was a good thought. <laughs> uh, well, Ra- Rachel, any final thoughts? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Figured I'd ask. You, you never know. You never know. Well, Thank you, everyone. That's going to do it for episode number 61 of Discovery Debrief. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please like and follow us on our social media channels. And if you'd be so kind, we'd also appreciate it if you were to review for the show. It only takes a minute and we'll be happy to read your review on the air when it's posted. If you have any questions, you can follow the show on Twitter at DSC Debrief, where you can also find all of our individual Twitter handles. And feel free to send us questions through Twitter, our Facebook like page, or by emailing us at hailingfrequencies at discoverydebrief.com. Uh, I mean, presuming that Facebook is still a thing when you hear this. Uh, (laughs) I wish. Please be sure to set your courses for this feed for future episodes and be sure to join us next time as we discuss the entirety of Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2. As always, though, until we meet again, please go boldly, my friends. <laughs>